morning, St. Michael's. As we stand this morning to worship, we're here with expectation and anticipation of you, Lord, that you'll meet us here where we are.
hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said, the first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of His Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy.
us pray together the collect. Let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. And because we are sorely hindered by our sins, let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Children. Our children have been off on a journey this morning doing a Christmas play at the Senior Center. How was it? Good. You had a good time? Awesome. And you made it back? Fantastic. That's even better. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless each and every one of these young people here this morning, Lord, that you would give them a mind to know your will and a will to do it. Lord, that you would watch over, bless them, and keep them. All the days of their life. Amen. Amen. What's that? Oh, wait. Hey, you guys want to watch them light the candles? We're just going to light the candles. I always forget. Advent. Please stand. We're going to do the lighting. And we would like the teachers from the academy to come up here. As many as we have. That would be one, two, three. Phil is off somewhere. (laughs) Oh, Vikings. He's not back yet. Okay, but he will be. All right. Why don't you go up here? Okay, and then if everyone can uh, say the response. Walk right uh, through this car. Come and save us, O Lord God of hosts. Come Come and save us, O Lord God of hosts. So the light of your countenance. And we shall be saved. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Come and save us, O Lord God of hosts. Show us your mercy, O Lord. And grant us your salvation. Amen. This morning's first reading comes from Isaiah, chapter 35, beginning in verse 1. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as a rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be open and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb sing. For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals where they lay, there shall be grass with reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others 
Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return, and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. The word of the Lord. This morning's psalm is Psalm 146. We'll read it by the whole verse. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man, in whom there is no help. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry, the Lord gives freedom to prisoners. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and widow, but the way of the wicked he turns upside down. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God will sign to all generations. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning. This morning's second lesson comes from the book of James, James chapter 5, beginning at verse 7. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain? You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. The word of the Lord. Thank you. 
Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Matthew chapter 11, verse 2, commencing. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in kings' houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there is not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of our Lord.
at St. Michael's, we have a real richness in the young men, and well, and hopefully some of the old men, in hearing and bringing the word of the Lord to us. And, and it's, a, it's a great privilege this morning. I know I've, I've heard Michael Berry preach many times on a Wednesday night, and he's, he's a, a great man of God who can hear from the Lord and can speak to us. And I know that he has a word of the Lord for you this morning. So, Michael, I want to ask you to come up here. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. We're sitting. <laughs> Let's see. Hold on one second. All right, well... I'm really excited to be uh, speaking with you guys today. And, you know, as I look out, I just I see a lot of old faces. And um, actually, pretty much all I see is old faces. <laughs> but, I mean, I've known you my, my whole life. That's what I mean. I don't mean that you're old. And um, so I just, I've just really been asking God for revelation in my own life and for the old faces that I know. And so I just believe God's got an encouraging word for us today. And um, I think it's a directional word, but it's also a word where he wants us to address some things in our hearts and in our lives. And so, Jesse says it all the time, the quote machine that's Jesse Harris. It's not condemnation, but it's invitation with God. Amen? And so, if you are here a couple Wednesday nights ago, you kind of heard what I'm going to talk about, but sometimes it's nice to have it impressed upon you. Um. And so what I'm going to talk about today is seeds, those spiritual seeds that are inside of us. And, you know, a lot of you are like me in the fact that we were sown into at a very early age in life by those that you see around you, by your parents and by your grandparents. And, you know, that's a blessing because not only do they sow into us, but they're able to tend and cultivate and grow those seeds as well. And, you know, maybe that's something that happened later in life for you. Maybe that's kind of happening now. Maybe you're experiencing a sowing in your heart. But regardless of when the sowing happens, you have to tend to your seeds. And you have to grow and protect your seeds. Because for me, there came a point in life where, you know, I just wanted to experience the world a little bit. I kind of wanted that freedom or the idea of freedom that you have when you're 17 and 18 years old. I wanted to, you know, make my own decisions. I wanted to not be told no. I didn't want to be told that there's rules. I still don't like being told there's rules. <laughs> but see, the problem with that freedom is that the world's not conducive to your seeds growing. And you have to be spiritually mature enough to not only protect that growth that was done in you, but to continue to grow those seeds yourself. And you have to be spiritually mature enough to know when to walk away from situations. See, in that freedom, I began to find myself in situations where I knew I shouldn't have been. And, you know, I believe it was those, that growth in me, those seeds in me. Some people call that their conscience. Some people call that their Jiminy Cricket, right? (laughs) But I believe it's that growth in us. And the problem was I wasn't spiritually mature enough 
to walk away from those situations, though. I began to compromise on what was grown inside of me. And that's because I hadn't been protecting and growing those seeds myself. And, you know, the truth is that there's an enemy, right, that, that wants to choke your seed, that wants to wrap his thorns around your seeds and stop them from producing good fruit, which is what they're meant to do. In uh, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus talks about knowing someone by the fruit that they bear. And in verse 16, Jesus says, Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? And you know, when I originally read that, I thought that that was a rhetorical question. But the more I, I think about it, I, I had to ask myself, do I gather my fruit from the bad seeds or from the seeds that the good seeds that were sown in me? Verse 17 says, even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. This is the one I want you guys to hear. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. And therefore, by your fruits, I know you. And you know me by mine. See, those spiritual seeds, they're meant to produce life. And they're meant to produce good fruit. And, you know, what good is that one good tree that was sown in you and grown in you if all the other trees you have produce bad fruit? Verse 19 again. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So we need to look at those trees in our lives that are producing bad fruit. And, you know, one that I notice around me a lot is worry. There's just so much worry in this world. There's so much to worry about. We worry over our finances. That's the big one, right? We worry over our jobs, over our children. Way too many of us worry over politics. (laughs) Way too many of us worry over politics. And if you're younger, you worry about what you're going to do with your life. I know I've worried over that many, many nights. But let me tell you this. Worry is a a thorn that will eat up your seed and it will produce bad fruit. And uh, Michael J. Fox, he's got a great quote about worry. Does everyone know who he is? Michael J. Fox, Marty McFly. (laughs) A lot of people said that I remind them of him because, you know, he was like a young, cool, good-looking actor. (laughs) And... uh, You know, he was just in all these blockbuster films. I mean, the world was this guy's oyster. And then he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, which basically takes over your nervous system. It affects your speech and the control that you have over your body. And it's something that gets worse every day. And so if anyone has a reason to worry, it it was this guy. But this is what he says about worry. He says, don't spend a lot of time imagining the worst case scenario. It rarely goes down as you imagine it will. And if by some fluke it does, you will have lived it twice. (laughs) See, when we worry, and the things that we worry about actually happen the way that we worry it will, which is so rare when you say it that way, right? How often have 
what you worried about actually happen the way that you thought it would. But it says when it does, then you will have suffered twice as much. Not only will have you produced bad fruit, but you're eating that bad fruit when you worry. And so if you're a worrier, then you need to cut that tree down and throw it into the fire. Amen. Shame and condemnation are more trees that produce bad fruit, whether we wear it or cast it. And, um, you know, I was listening to a devotional that Bishop Jones does from Alabama, and um, he was talking about how we can interpret Scripture through the lens of our own shame and condemnation. We can often live our lives through the way that we feel about ourselves instead of the way that God feels about us. And do you know how God feels about you? It says, for God so loved the world, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever would believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's how God feels about you. And so if you begin to live your life through the lens of, for God so loved me, for God so loved us, then there's no room for shame and condemnation in your life. It goes by the wayside. And so if you're someone who wears shame, and if you're someone who casts condemnation, you've got to cut those trees down, and you've got to throw them in the fire. Amen. Amen? And the last one that I want to touch on is isolation. And to me, this is the big one. Uh, because I believe that isolation can be the root of shame and condemnation and worry and envy and a lot of bad things. Because when you isolate yourself, that's where you begin to make up offenses in your head. You know, that's when you begin to listen to the lies of the enemy. And who's the best at shame? Who's the best at condemnation? Who's the best at making you worry? It's the enemy. Satan. His goal is to divide and conquer. It's to isolate you and then tell you that they don't love you. God doesn't love you. How could they? You're all alone. Look, there's no one here with you. Hmm. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 1 says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. See, isolation is where we can get a victim's mentality. It's where we can get that woe is me attitude. And gosh, I know way too many people who live their lives with the woe is me attitude. Everyone's against me. No one supports me. No one believes that I'm right. But it's because you isolate yourself, either physically or emotionally or spiritually, That you can't even hear reason. You can't hear sound judgment. You've put your own desires ahead of everyone and everything else. And you know, the reason that I'm at this church today is not because, you know, I think that we have the best worship or the best preaching or that we do things the best way. The reason I'm here today is because we're a community and we're a family. And we uplift and we support one another. And our greatest qualities, our greatest qualities are that 
We laugh together. We have joy together. We cry together. We mourn together. And we worship God together. And, you know, we've seen the full spectrum of that this year. It may be hard to remember, but this year started with a wedding of Bob and Cassie. And, uh, you know, there's just so much joy and laughter and celebration and community in that wedding. And, you know, we've had uh, a lot of pregnancies this year. We've had first-time parents, first-time grandparents. There's been so much joy and community in that. You know, and lately we've had tragedy. We've had funerals. We've had bad news and more bad news. And we've wept together. But the thing that we still had was community. We still had each other. And, you know, we still uplifted and supported one another. And I saw people going above and beyond to comfort those who were mourning. So that's your greatest quality, church. It's each other. It's your community. And so if you feel like you've been on the outside looking in, then you need to ask yourself where there's been isolation. Because, you know, that community has been here all year. And once you find where that isolation's been, or once you find where it is, you need to cut down that tree and throw it into the fire. Amen. And the truth is that there's a lot of things that can produce bad fruit. There's, just, there's a lot of things that can produce bad fruit. Those are some things that I just see in my own life and the wor- what's, what's around me. But what Jesus is saying in here is that we need to cut those things out. We need to stop doing those things, and we need to throw them out. And then what we need to do is we need to plant more seeds. You know, if you don't know how to plant seeds, if you don't know how to sow into your own children, yourselves, or people around you, well, he says that I make all things new. All throughout Scripture says, I make all things new that need to be made new. God will give you more seeds to plant. But if you hold on to to that bad fruit, if you refuse to let go of that bad fruit, there's nowhere to plant new seeds. And so what's the purpose? Like, what's the point of all this? What's the point of tending and growing and protecting and laboring to produce good fruit? That's just a lot of work. That sounds like a lot of work to me. And I haven't, you know, some people love their job. I've never found that much joy in labor and work. But there is a purpose to this. There's a point to this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, it says, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. See, the purpose is to have a harvest of righteousness. It's to experience goodness and virtue and joy. You know, and who's the ultimate sower in our lives? It's God. And it says if we will grow our seeds to bear good fruit, and then offer the best of our portions to God, offer the best of ourselves to God, that he will multiply what you have, and he will increase the harvest of your righteousness. That's the point. And you know, and that goes back to living our lives through the lens of, for God so loves us, that not only would he 
do whatever it takes to get us, but he wants to give us increase. He wants to increase us. If, you're, if your harvest is an acre, he wants to give you ten. And if it's ten, he wants to give you a hundred. But you have to grow your seed to produce good fruit. And then give the best of what you have to God. You have to be willing to give more of yourself to receive more from God. And, you know, speaking of more, I was talking with um, Michael House recently. Like, all the house guys are, like, gone today, but I'm talking about them a lot. But I was talking with him recently, and we were just talking about wanting more, about wanting more in life. And it was on Thanksgiving, so we were being unthankful. You know, we were, we were being unthankful, but I don't care. I just, we're, I want more. I want more blessings in my life. I want more goodness. I want more righteousness. I want to be looked at by God and by my peers as someone who is blessed and upright. And so how do we do that? How do we get more? How do we grow our seeds to produce good fruit so that we can see that multiplication and that righteousness in our lives? We do it through spiritual discipline. We do it through prayer. See, sometimes you just got to get on your knees and cry out to God with the desires of your heart, with the burdens of your heart. You've got to make prayer a part of your daily life. And you know, I just think about how chaotic life can be sometimes, but I look to what Jesus did. You know, in Jesus' most chaotic moments, when he was prophesying and when he was healing, there were multitudes of people. There were mobs of people just trying to get close enough to touch him, just to touch him. But it still says that he would still withdraw to a desolate place and pray to his father in his most chaotic moments. And so, you know, we've got to make room in our chaos. We've got to find that desolate place. For some of you, maybe it's just like your kitchen pantry. Maybe that's literally the only place that you can find peace to pray. Maybe it's your commute. You know, but whatever it is, you just got to do it. Because if Jesus could do it, we can do it, right? We do it through reading scripture. This might make some of you mad, but this is my Bible right here. You know, and it's pretty sweet. It's pocket Bible. Um, but, you know, I've heard people call, call it the good book. I've heard people call it an iPhone. And... Uh, but what I call it is the playbook. You know, because this is an active living thing that will show you how to deal with your burdens. It will show you how to find peace and joy in life. And it's something that you've got to make a part of your daily life. You've got to read scripture. We do it through tithes and offerings. Now, no one likes a tithes and offerings sermon. <laughs> No one likes that sermon. I don't think there's a, a preacher who likes giving that sermon. You know? But we're, we are required to give the first, our first fruits to God. To give the best of our portions to God. You know, I was just thinking about a story of a friend who, he and his wife, they were trying to get pregnant. They were just trying so hard to get pregnant. They were doing the cycle thing and, like, the other things that you do. And they were trying and trying and trying, but nothing was happening. And um, one day he heard God say to him, 
I want you to give double. He says, you give 10%, I want you to give 20% tithe. And I want you to continue to give offerings. And do you know what his response was? It was, oh. <laughs> it was, ouch. Because 20% hurts. 10% hurts sometimes. A lot of times it hurts. But 20%? But he and his wife, they decided, you know what, we're going to do it. We're going to give 20%. And not even a month later, they got pregnant. And you know, I believe that God honored them because they honored him. And you know, God didn't care that his response was, oh. God didn't care that his verbal response was say. Dang, you know. But he cared about what his heart response was and his physical response. So sometimes God calls more out of us, but it's not going to be forever. But he just wants to see how, how you respond. And if you, if you don't know, if you really struggle with that, I would just say, let's see how he responds. Let's do it and see how he responds to us. Okay? We do it through church. We talked about this community, right? How important each one of us are. We do it through giving up our times to each other. You know, time is the greatest excuse that we have. And it's a legitimate excuse for a lot of people. I just don't have time. But we got to make time for each other. we got to make time to uplift and support one another. And to bless each other. We do it... Finally, by adding on to our faith. By adding to our faith. And you know, I'm going to close in Second Peter chapter 1, if you want to turn there, because it, I think it really encapsulates everything we've talked about today. Um, but are, are you guys hearing me? Yeah? All right, good. Good, I just want to make sure. So Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Peter writes, To those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. And do you believe that God's got promises for you? That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Remember we talked about protecting that growth in us, that seeds in us from the world. But also for this very reason... Giving all diligence, giving more of yourself, giving all of yourself. It says, add to your faith virtue. Be morally upright. Be morally good. Add to virtue knowledge. This Bible right here is knowledge, right? Add to knowledge self-control. Have you ever heard someone say, he has no self-control? It normally sounds like, he has no self-control, right? I've heard that said about me some, a couple times. You don't want to be known as the person who has no self-control, okay? Add to self-control, perseverance, and just be steady. Always keep moving forward 
in the good and the bad. Always keep plugging away at it with God. Add to perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. See, that's just the gospel right there. Those are the two great commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You will not be barren if you add to your faith. You will not be unfruitful if you add to your faith, but you will produce good fruit. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. See, that goes back to Proverbs 18, right there. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. If you lack in these things, if you isolate yourself, it's like being blind and deaf. It's like walking in a room that you don't know blindly. You're putting your own desires ahead of God. Therefore, brethren... Be even more diligent. Be even more diligent. Give more of yourself to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And praise God, right? That's pretty, that's pretty cool. If you want more, then you have to grow. You have to surround yourself with a community of believers who will sow into you and who will help grow those seeds in you. You have to protect yourself from the lust of the world. You have to protect that growth that was done in you. And you have to give more of yourself to get more of him. And if you find that you're not wanting more today, then you have isolated yourself. You're living off your own desires. See, the time for compromising is over. I think Father Jim said it best last week. Just stop it. (laughs) Stop it. No more compromising. Don't compromise on what was fought for in your life. You know, as I've been uh, thinking about this word, I've just been thinking about uh, Bishop Adler and you know, that guy just fought for that good fruit in us. He battled for that growth inside of us. But not only did he do that, but he taught you how to fight that fight for yourselves and for your children. Don't compromise what was fought for, but pick up the sword and continue the fight. Amen. Start living your life through the way that God feels about you. And start living your life for more. Because what happens when you do produce that good fruit and God multiplies you, he's multiplying himself. And when he increases you, he's increasing his footing. There's been a lot of talk about being a kingdom builder. You know, when God increases you, he's, in, he's building his kingdom through the fruits of your labor. And if we'll make his purpose our purpose then His glory will be our glory. It's a shared thing. Amen? Amen.
All right. And I'm just going to close in prayer, but I want to do it as a community and as a family. So if you guys would just stand with me. And just, just begin just lift up your voice to God. Whatever's on your heart, just begin to lift it up to God. Thank you, Lord. If you don't know what to say, just say the name of Jesus. There's so much power in the name of Jesus. 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 He knows all the desires of your heart. He knows all the burdens of your heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Lord, we just come to you today humbled. We come to you today with softened hearts. And Lord, I'm just making a declarative statement for this church that we want more. We're not content with the last 10 years. And we want more the next 10 years. And so, Lord, if there's any chains of worry, we ask that you break those chains and you cut down that tree, Lord. If there's chains of shame and condemnation, Lord, we ask that you cut down those, break those chains and cut down those trees. Lord, the chains of isolation, there's no more room for it, Lord. Break down those chains and cut down that tree in your holy name, Lord. Lord, we desire purpose today, Lord. We just ask for direction and purpose for the next year and the next ten years, Lord. We're just so thankful that you're a father who loves us so much. For you so love us, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Amen. Well done, Michael. Okay, good. Told you. Great word. Thank you, Michael. I'm very blessed. Very blessed. Uh, Let's continue with the prayers of the people. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic Church. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. Give to the departed eternal rest. We pray... We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. Maybe all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Turn and greet your neighbors with the peace of the Lord. The Lord be with you. As I said, we've got a lot of people around and about the county this morning. Uh, 
and beyond. Bishop Kessler is with our church in Advent in Oceanside. And Father Ed is with our church in Hemant. And looks like Deacon Phil is back from the Viking trip. So there's boxes of food. Thanks, everybody, for your help on that. Uh, there are, there are, this is a big week for us. Coming up, so you need to look at the bulletin and figure this out. Now, one thing I know is that the Christmas concert is on Thursday. And Thursday is December 19th. <laughs> I, yeah, so take your pen out. Where <laughs> it says 18, write 19. Because when Santa's here, you have the Christmas concert, it'll be fabulous. Amazing. It always is. And then afterwards, breakfast with Santa. You'll want to be there on Thursday. Okay. There are fundraisers for our kids also. Is that what this is for? Sunday school fundraisers this week and next week. And next week is next week's a Christmas ball. I hope you got your tickets. Because that's where all the cool people will be next Sunday night. <laughs> all right. Let's continue with the offering. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us together. Through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Fear is changing. 
welcome all baptized believers to receive the body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love Him and for those who want to love Him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you who have not been here long. You who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come. Because it is the Lord who invites you, it is His will that those who want Him should meet Him here. Come to the table. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all powerful and ever living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks for Jesus Christ our Lord. For when he humbled himself to come among us in human flesh, he fulfilled the plan you formed before the foundation of the world. To open for us the way of salvation. Confident that your promise will be fulfilled, we now watch for the day when Christ our Lord will come again in glory. And so with all the choirs of angels in heaven we proclaim your glory and join in their unending hymn of praise. Saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, you are holy indeed, the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts to make them holy, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread. He gave you thanks, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup again, he gave you thanks and praise. He gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, Do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, our bishop, Douglas, and all the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray. Olivia, Connie, Susan, Carl, Serena, Naomi, Rachel, Nadia, Kyle, Sonia, Sandra, Joel, Maria, Karen, Father Clifford, Father David and Darcy, Thomas, Thomas and Sharon, Tammy, Lizia, Joyce, Daniel, Chris, the Marines and Sailors of Camp Pendleton. You can add the names of the people you're praying for. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. 
Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles, martyrs, and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and so we have the courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. Have mercy Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Jesus died for you and feed on him in your hearts with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to his supper.
great song after that sermon, right? That is a very powerful and great song. I want you to, I want you to spend the week throwing things in the fire, <laughs> right? Day of compromise is over. Let's throw things in the fire. We got to get ready for Christmas. We got to get ready because Christ is coming again. Christ is coming in our lives now, and we want to be prepared. One thing I also want to do is I want to pray for Adam Bradfield. Adam, you want to come down here, please? Adam's been hanging out here for several years. He's been a tremendous help in the, the society and a number of other things that we've been working around here. He's been a big help to us. And uh, he's going back to Oklahoma, so we're going to miss him. And we want to send him out with our blessing because it's been a blessing for us that he's been here. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless Adam and his going out and his coming in, Lord God, wherever he goes, that you would go with them. You would watch over and you would keep him, Lord Jesus, and that you would continue to bless him as he's blessed us while he's been here, Lord, because we know you love him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Adam. Amen. All right. Let us pray. Eternal and Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart, through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in the battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Remember the Gospel. God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself and not counting your sins against you. God loves you. God has forgiven you. God is not mad at you. And God will never leave you or forsake you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and those you love now and forever. Amen. Rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks, God.